Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Shannick. And I'm Corey. And we're so thankful that you're joining us wherever you're listening. We appreciate you. We're going to ask if you would please leave a review or rate us. Uh, Corey just told me right before we started recording, we did have five new ratings on Spotify. So thank you. And we're not asking for five-star reviews, but whatever it is, we would love to just hear from you. Do it. Um, And not only leave us a star rating, if you want to reach out to us. Matter of fact, we had, I'm going to call it the most encouraging email we've ever received over the weekend um, where someone was um, just looking up just for answers to what they're going through. And they found this word scrupulosity, looked it up to see if there was any podcast on it. And ours appeared, they listened, have been listening to other episodes and have been super encouraged. So if that uh, speaks to you and you've been encouraged by this podcast, reach out, let us know. Yeah, you can email us. So shout out all the way to Phoenix. Thank you for listening. And thank you for joining us on YouTube. You guys who watch, we appreciate you. And if you're tuning in because you found us on our viral videos on TikTok <laughs> and Instagram over the last week, welcome. Yeah, you say viral. What what constitutes a viral video? I don't know. Let's ask Brayden. He's the one that's a guru. How Are many they... views before you can consider it a viral video? Yeah. So it is viral okay. to me, apparently. Yeah. I'm just curious. Well, I think that's the question of the week, right? Okay. What is it? You're asking me. <laughs> um, so yeah, you came to me and said, Hey, check out, we're kind of going viral on these few videos, but look at the comment section <laughs> the Comment section. and the comment section is a lot of criticism. Let's just call it that. And so, uh, I guess the question for both of us this week is how do we process that criticism, like our immediate response, because that was just this morning. Yeah. You sent that. I'm laughing at it now. (laughs) Well, you were laughing at it then, to be honest, you sent, Hey, check out the comment section. We're getting bashed and called this, this, and this. Ha 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 (laughs) ha. And I'm like, Oh wow. Is that really how he's processing this right away? (laughs) I'm doing really well with it because I'm proud of myself. It's because it has been a journey where that used to like rip me apart. And I feel like I used to feel like I got to respond to every single one. But man, I I just, I'm proud of myself for where I'm at just emotionally. It is a little like sad to me. It's yeah. not angering to me because the irony is the most recent video, people are calling us all kinds of names, judgmental names. But the previous video that went viral too, that one was all on the idea of what we talked about over the last couple episodes is your confrontation without relationship yeah. is wrong. So it's very ironic. That is ironic. And I'm glad you said sad. I know you're laughing about it all, but for me, I don't know if it's a little sadness, maybe mixed with a little anger. Like I'm even more frustrated with social media, Mm -hmm. like after just reading those responses, because the clips that we've been putting out are just to get people to come listen to the full episode, which not very many people do. Right. And so they're taking a short like synopsis, maybe a 30 second clip, and then they are jumping to conclusions or mm-hmm. assumptions on who we are or what we're, what we teach. And most of these comments, what they were really saying was go read your Bible. Are you kidding me? These guys are false teachers. They don't even read the Bible themselves. And also what's so ironic is the last three or four episodes, if you've been following along with us, what we've done is simply used a lot of scripture <laughs> and know. just unpack them in context. And so I know that people aren't following and listening. So for me, it's, yeah, a little sadness and a little anger more than anything. I don't really think, you know, I I don't think it's funny 
Uh, I do. I think I it's funny. You do. I'm not at a state of anger. I am in a state of a sadness, but just yeah. sadness because of like where people are in their faith journey and not saying that I'm right and they're wrong. They, they could be right and I could be wrong. Yeah. It, my sadness is like, I know my, my journey and where I've been and how free I am. And I used to believe many of the things that people have responded and say, oh, what about this? What about this? And I actually love what Bishop Jamie says when it comes to controversial or any type of conversation within faith. There are always sides, and both sides have scripture. Yeah. And he says, here, verse, there, verse, everyone pick a verse first. And I, oh, McDonald. <laughs> I kind of love that perspective because the reality is, is you can find a verse to back up your opinion. And so many people are like, oh, you got to live biblically, which is ironic because I quoted the scripture, like disagree, disagree, disagree. I'm like, okay. And then they'll have a scripture to rebuttal right. the other scripture. So then it's like, yeah. okay, are you And gonna... the same thing happened when we were reading through the comments, someone just put hey, why don't you read this verse? And it was John 5, the very verse we were unpacking yeah. about judgment. And the very end of that chapter, it says, Jesus's judgment is righteousness. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, unpacked. this is exactly the opposite of what yeah. you think you're trying to do by posting this. And, and it just affirmed what we were saying. Right. But it, but it's people's journey and I their know. faith journey. And I, I'm at a place where I'm okay with it now. I'm not going to respond because, <laughs> again, they have valid arguments we just might approach the scripture differently. Yeah. And it, it is very difficult. We we tend to read an ancient text through the 21st century lens without understanding proper context, which is ironic because people will use theolo uh, theological terms like, oh, that's eisegesis versus exegesis. And it's like, oh, I actually agree with you, but here's where you're missing the point, or here's where I disagree. And again, I could be wrong in my disagreement, but I've been on a journey where the disagreements, I used to be on that side of the fence. Yeah. And now I'm here and I'm like, I am never going back to that side of the fence because that side of the fence is not free for me. And where I am with my walk with Jesus is way different, which leads us to our conversation today. Yeah. We are actually, throughout the entire month of May, 2023, we're going to go through a specific book by William Paul Young. And if you're in the church culture world, you probably know who that is. If you don't know who that is, you're going to know who it is based on his most famous book, his most famous book is The Shack, and they've also made a movie about it. I know a lot of people have a lot of opinions about him specifically because he portrays God in The Shack as a, a woman. black woman. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get about we're going to talk about that in a future episode this month. But he's actually the guest speaker for Bishop Jamie's conference, his CIM conference, which we're hosting here at Hill City this yep. month, May 18th to May 20th. Yep. Which is I'm pretty excited to have him in. I think that's one of the most famous Christian author, speaker people that we're going to have in. Actually, he was uh, a professor of mine at the seminary that I just graduated from. So I got to listen to his teachings there. And he gets very criticized for a lot of his teachings. But if you like us on this podcast, you're probably going to like him. Yep. He wrote a and book. He, he will be with us that Sunday morning for our regular service at yep. Hill City as well. Yep. And hopefully we'll get him on this podcast. So in a couple... Uh, months will hopefully be releasing an episode with him, which is very exciting. I'm actually kind of nervous. He probably won't listen to this podcast, so I'm going to say why I'm nervous. I have met my fair share of famous Christian people, and there's been some that have, like, I'm like, wow, those people really do love well, and their character 
is amazing. But there's other people, and I know you're yep. smiling because you know some specific because we've dealt with that personally. You're like, man, I can't, I don't want to listen to another message of them because their message is all about honor, love, and grace. But they were not very honoring, loving, or graceful right. to us specifically. And it puts this sour taste in your mouth towards them, which working through that, I got, I got to offer grace to them because you never know what they were really going through. But it, it matters. First impressions do matter. So I'm, I'm nervous to meet him because I'm hoping that he's going to be as loving in person as he is in his messages, books, and podcasts, and teaching, and whatnot. So... Just yeah. throwing that well, out we'll there. see if we yeah. can get him on. That would be great. Yeah. So he wrote a book called Lies We Believe About God. And throughout the book, he has 28 different lies that we tend to believe, and he challenges. When I first read it, I remember thinking, oh, man, I don't know if I agree with all of these. Now I'm at a place where most of them, if not all of them, I do agree with. And we decided to be really fun for each of us to unpack one of those lies on the podcast over the next five yeah. episodes. That we thought was meaningful or to you us. Know, important to us. And so we got two per episode over the next five weeks. And so we're not going to go through all 28, but over the next month, we will unpack 10 of them. Mm -hmm. And so uh, today, uh, the first one I'm actually going to start with, um, I believe it was chapter two uh, two. in his book. And it was, God is good. I am not. Hmm. And I want to talk about this because I recently came across something that I found fascinating and it's called the planned obsolescence. Now, I know I come up with these crazy words sometimes, you do. but recently you've this been is going to be dictionary. so meaningful and impactful. Planned obsolescence. Obsolescence as in something becoming obsolete, hmm. like not usable anymore. And there was this uh, podcast I was listening to, and they went in and, uh, and they did research and study about the light bulb. And what they found was there is in existence now several light bulbs that are still working that are over a hundred years old. Still to this day? Still to this That's day. That's crazy. And they they have found them. They've been on since like the late 1800s, early 1900s. And they're like, we can't get a light bulb to last like four or five years. And then like LED technology came out. Is that what it is? LED? Yep. And oh my gosh, this light bulb will last 10 years. And we think that's like fascinating but there are still original light bulbs that have now lasted over a hundred years. So they went in and studied and they found like the filament inside is like four times as thick or as strong, different makeup of the glass structure is different than what they make light bulbs today. So they did a little dive and what they found was in the early 1900s, some of the um, owners and leaders of mega electric companies around the world got together. Apparently this is a recorded event in Geneva, Switzerland in 19 and now I forgot the date but early 1900s, and the, they got together to say, okay, we have a monopoly on ownership of providing electricity. We also own the companies that produce light bulbs. Hmm. Now, what they said was these light bulbs are now lasting too long because they have all this inventory. They can't sell it because the light bulbs aren't burn, burning out. So they came up with this idea of a planned obsolescence, meaning they're going to now make the light bulb to actually um, not out. work and yeah. burn out sooner than it ever had before. It'll also save them money on the cost of it. So they're they're making more money all the way around. So the of cost course. of it, and then customers are coming back because they have to. They have to have them. It's brilliant. So they have this thing, planned obsolescence. And I'm looking at this, and I'm fascinated, but then I really started getting a picture of this very same thing in the church that's mm-hmm. happening today. And here's how I'm going to tie it together. You see, most churches, most places, week after week, they have to preach a message that's sin-focused because they have to get people to think that they are bad, right? This is the law that we believe. God is good. I am not. 
Mm. And this is a lie that the church has passed down to people. You are not good. God is good. You are not. And so think about the week you live, live this past week. You need to come back to Jesus. You need to repent. And it's something that they have to have in their life week after week after week. So it's almost like the church has put in place this planned obsolescence as in we now need the church, you know, like this drug, a weekly drug week after week after week, instead of the church actually preaching that you are good, Mm. you are righteous, Mm. you are holy because Jesus made you that way. Mm. Instead of preaching that way that leads to freedom, they preach it very sin consciously where people still think that they need the priest, the church, they still need that weekly dose of what most people call the gospel. But we know that gospel mostly is you're bad. You're a dirty, wretched, rotten sinner. Oh, but look what Jesus did Mm. on your behalf. Mm. But preaching that it's a message that never leads to true freedom because based on people's behavior, they have to think they need Jesus week after week after week, even though, He's alive and active in their life at all times. Yeah. Like wake up to the reality of who you've always been. Mm. And like, I know what you say, uh, or you said a couple of weeks ago, how like this gospel, it's not some invitation. It's a declaration mm. of what God and what Jesus already did on our behalf. So awaken to the truth. That's always been true about you mm. and go live it out. Go be Jesus to your world, be the church to the world. And so, you know, that's we, good, this whole thing, God is good. I am not. We tend to say all the time, well, I'm not smart. I'm not strong enough. Instead of saying statements that line up with what God says about our life, Hmm. that we are enough, that we are worthy. Matter of fact, there were four quotes in the chapter um, by Paul Young. And he says uh, this, he says, we have inherent value because we are made in the image of God. Our value and worth are not dependent on us. Thank God. Yeah. It's his image and likeness. Hmm. He also says this, if I believe the deepest truth about me is worthlessness, which a lot of churches will, will preach this, mm-hmm. then why are they surprised when they act worthless? Wow. Mic drop. If you want to change, yeah. <laughs> change it, actually speak, you know, re word and re say and retell the actual good news and building people up that actually, in their worth. That actually makes a lot of sense. It's like, yeah. Why are we surprised when people sin, when all we've been declaring is you're a dirty, rotten sinner? Right. And if people are doing, I think we unpacked this in a previous episode, but if people are living in sin, shouldn't we be praising that if we believe that's their part of their nature? Because that's how they were designed with a sin nature. We yep. unpacked that in yep. episode 30. Yep. Oh, I remember. Just throwing out little bombs. <laughs> You're going to have to chew yeah. on that. No, it's good. So the lie, God is good. I am not. Here's some other things he says. Does anything that is not good originate in God? Hmm. God who is only good creates only good. Or in regards to humans, he says, very, very good. good. Yeah. Yeah. And then this last one, he says, this, and I love this. He says, I am fundamentally good. And you can say this about yourself. I am fundamentally, fundamentally good because I am created, created in Christ. Now that is according to Ephesians 2.10, which says, for we are his workmanship or his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. Hmm. It's not something we became. It was something we always were created in him as an expression of God, an image bearer. Hmm. And so we can't walk around saying God is good and I am not. It's God is good and so am I. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so worship him. We're often blind to our condition because we are not depraved. And we, if you're curious about this information, we're not gonna unpack this any further because I think we have done 
due diligence on this. In fact, our most listened to podcasts are episode 29, You're Not Broken, and episode 30, We Unpack Sin Nature and where that even originated. And so all of our thoughts are in that episode. If you really do care and, and do a deep dive, I know we say this and then people disregard it. And if you disagree, whatever, you just dismiss us. But if you're curious, go back and episode, uh, listen to episode 29 and episode 30. Dude, I love that yeah. idea of planned, but that planned obsolescence. It it's so crazy if you think about it. And I'm sure that's happening, you know, all over. Cause yeah, it makes it, sense. It's so ironic that you like say, get a new refrigerator and there is a 10 year warranty, man. It never fails at like 10 year and six months, something <laughs> right. goes out and it's they like, have this it. isn't covered in a warranty anymore. Like they have it figured out to a science oh, to make sure warranty. people keep rebuying the things that they already bought. Yeah. Like, it's obviously there in a lot of things. We just are blind to it. We got schnookered. <laughs> I love that. My One of my favorite ones we're going to do is in chapter six. He says, the lie that we believe about God is that God wants to use me. And this is verbiage that I actually used before I heard it from him. So I'm glad that it was used by him. Hopefully it becomes more common because that's one of these Christian phrases that is just said because we think it's good but it's just regurgitation. I still find myself saying it, like catching myself saying yeah. it all the time. And that's that's okay. He says this in one, in the chapter. He says, sometimes unconscious use of expressions are the most dangerous use of words for words matter because God creates through his mouth. Good things to chew on. You know, Proverbs eighteen twenty one says the tongue is the power of life and death. And so I, I understand why people say this phrase. I understand what it means but it is a misunderstanding of the character of God when we say it. And it speaks more to a dictator God than it does a God of relationship that's fueled by love and respect. Um, God doesn't want to use you. He, we use the verbiage empower. He wants to empower you. He's given us his spirit. And uh, I actually wrote in my book, uh, Stoker, that I have a chapter around yeah. this idea that God doesn't want to use you. And this is what I wrote several years ago, so I'm just going to read it right here. Wait, was your book first? I, I don't know. Let me look it up. Oh, I'm right just now. curious. Probably. I didn't learn it from him. I learned it from somebody else. Yeah. No, I know it's, this has been something that I know has been on your heart ever since I first met you. And I always thought it was a little bit of just maybe a pet peeve for you, or is that semantics, uh, Corey? You know, kind of what people are saying when they he's say. two years before me, so it originated okay. with him. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to say that. So I say this, Christians say this kind of stuff all the time. I just want to be used by God. And it sounds great. Like it's a good idea but God doesn't want to use you. In fact, in every other aspect of life, we don't want to be used by anyone. You don't want to be used by your spouse, employers, friends, or anybody else for that matter. Being used feels awful. Therefore, God doesn't want to use you. He wants to know you. Like, seriously, God wants to know you. He enjoys you. He likes who you are, even if you're not the person or leader that you want to be just yet. He desires to know you in an intimate and real way. And he's partnering with you, co-creating with you. In fact, I would argue that you're never more like God than when you are creating because our God is a creator. He's inviting you to participate in the kingdom that he has already established. Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. That happened 2,000 years ago, and it continues on today. He's passionate about you. He loves you and wants to empower you. Knowing God and dancing with him in day-to-day -day life is so much more important than serving him. And if we're not careful, we tend to be people in ministry that know a lot about God, but don't really know God intimately or seek him personally. And serving God becomes a byproduct of knowing God. So don't misquote me when I said that knowing and dancing with God is more important than serving him, because serving is a byproduct of knowing him, and then it happens naturally. 
because knowing God happens in real and raw ways. Again, God doesn't want to use you. He wants to know you, and he invites you to be a part of what he is already doing in this world. And hopefully that takes off this pressure to perform because you don't have to perform for God. He likes who you are, Mm -hmm. even if you don't like who you are. Yeah. Well, it goes back because he created us. Yeah. He knew us from the beginning, and he's okay with that part of us, and he loves that part of us. Yeah. Just us. So sit in that. Marinate in that. Uh, And if you're interested in more, go read the book. We're going to unpack a couple more lies over the next couple weeks. If you like this episode, share it with somebody. If you dislike this episode, share it with somebody else so that you guys can bandwagon and call us heretics. (laughs) I'm going to actually close with this. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. That was sarcastic. I I didn't mean that. I shouldn't have said that. No, it's all good. (laughs) You, um, yeah, God doesn't want to use you. He does want to empower you. But I love what you said. He wants to know you. And I think that's, for me, a very pragmatic person who likes to just do things, check off lists, accomplish things. Um, it's hard to just sit in that, just sit in like, hey, God loves just Shannick for Shannick outside of what he can do. And I know that to be true, but there's still something in me. Like when I actually accomplish something, like the different way that I feel, um, yeah, I feel more like empowered or worthy or valued or whatever, even though I I know it's not true. And so I think that's the process that a lot of us have to go through is setting in that uncomfortability of just being accepted and known instead of um, being pushed or driven by what we can accomplish. And uh, good word. So for me, I I still struggle with that. I still struggle with this. Like, and I got shared in the beginning, like I, I still use that verbiage a lot of time, like, God, just use me to do something, you know, great this week or today or whatever. And I know he doesn't want to necessarily use me. And so Mm -hmm. I got to catch myself too. And, and I, I'm always challenged by you. And like, sometimes it's not just semantics. Sometimes words do matter because how we say things really depict how we view God to other people. And so, so it is more important. So I'm going to get better at not saying God wants to use you. I, 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 I'm just going to have to get better. Hey, but it's all right. That's good stuff. Yeah. I, I enjoyed this episode. I, I enjoyed you unpacking that. And th- we might receive a lot of criticism from saying that we are good. I am learning that that is a very uncommon and disregarded belief within the church because the church message is you're dirty, rotten. That's why you need to come to Jesus. Yeah. But you are Jesus's beloved. And yeah, I think I'm willing to die on this hill to be called all kinds of things to help people believe that they are good because of Jesus, because God created them that way. It's just more free and we'll see what happens because of that. Yeah. I know that this sparks so much in me, but I know you mentioned earlier, you go back, you can listen to episodes 29 and 30. You are not broken in our sin nature conversation, but, but yeah, it just, it's so sad because we see for us that are parents, we see our kids being born and like they are beautiful and innocent but a lot of people that hold to this idea that we're not good can't see even their newborn kids as good. Well, they would probably do, but and then they... No, they... no, then they throw out, oh, well, you're not taking into account the age of accountability, which yeah. we unpack that, that it's nowhere oh. in Scripture. The same people that are calling us out for actually using Scripture say stuff that isn't even in Scripture. Mm-hmm. So again, maybe that's my response to the criticism earlier, and I'm just on a rant right now. Yeah. But it's all good. It, it is all good. And we'll close this episode, but... <laughs> You, the listener, I just want you to know that disagree with our message, that's great. My life goal and mission for Corey Rice is to help you believe that you matter 
And we might disagree on certain topics. You might disagree totally that, that God created you good. But at the end of the day, I want you to awaken to how God views you. And if I paint God more loving than what he truly is, then maybe you should dissect the version of Christianity you were taught. Because I don't believe I'm going to get to heaven and God's going to say, you know what? I think you painted me a little bit too loving, Corey. Right. If I say that, or if he, if I hear that, I don't even know what to say. Okay, <laughs> great. Yeah, I'll take accountability for it. Yeah. So you just know. It's funny. You're loved, and there is absolutely nothing you can do about it.